0: Good morning, and we are joined at this time, as we are every Monday morning during the 2022 legislative session, by State Representative Randy Fry. Good morning to you, Randy. morning, Tom. In uh, House Bill uh, 1013, uh, is in Week 8 of the uh, 2022 Indiana General Assembly, uh, your uh, bill um, has passed mm-hmm. the Senate without amendment. And uh, can you uh, fill the folks in exactly what House Bill 1013 is?
1: I uh, can Tom, Bill uh, 1013 created a local, I'm sorry, created a state uh, fossil, the Mastodon. And so the story behind this is uh, last fall, I uh, toured the Science Center in uh, Hanover College, and I met Dr. Stanley Totten. Dr. Totten has uh, been affiliated with Hanover for more than 60 years. He's in his mid-80s. The Science Center, if you or your listeners haven't seen it, it's amazing. They should stop and see it. And um, so Dr. Totten was mentioning to me that Indiana doesn't have a state fossil. Well, I had no idea. And uh, he also mentioned that only five states don't. Indiana is one. And so uh, he uh, has, at uh, Hanover College, two mastodon fossils. These things are huge, they're as big as elephants, and uh, quite impressive. And he made the case that uh, mastodon was the most prevalent fossil in Indiana, that they were massive and easy for uh, young people to learn about, uh, that particular time in history uh, by uh, making a state fossil. I didn't promise Dr. Totten that the bill would go anywhere, but I thought it was worthy of filing it. And so I did. And lo and behold, uh, legislators loved it. Uh, the, I had folks wanting to sign on as co-authors, co-sponsors. It, it passed almost everywhere, I think everywhere, unanimously. Uh, so it, it was kind of a fun little bill. Uh, it's uh, hopefully uh, students across Indiana will learn uh, more about science because of it, and uh, and it is uh, something that I think uh, a guy who served more than sixty years teaching our kids it was a tribute to him.
0: And again, this passed the uh, the Senate without amendment, and it's on its way to the governor for his signature. But uh, at first yes, blush, uh, and we've talked about this before, but if, to reiterate, at first blush, people think it's uh, this is kind of uh, something done on a, on a whim. However, you have a, a, a true uh, meaning behind uh, this particular bill.
1: I do, uh, Tom. And this is an education piece. This is to, to take young people and inspire them to study more about science. In his testimony, Dr. Totten talked about how a kindergartner can see something like the mastodon, as large as an elephant, and realize that they walked on the same playground that that young person's walking on this afternoon. And so that they could relate to that. It's much different than maybe some other dinosaur that they ever were here. There were more than 100, 150 mastodons that have been found in Indiana, probably twice that. Uh, some weren't reported. And uh, Dr. Totten mentioned that any time someone digs a lake pond, or digs in the ground, they could easily find a mastodon fossil. The last one was found it's around Seymour just a couple of years ago. So, again, these things are massive. They're huge. But this is a, an education bill, mostly to inspire young people to uh, study science.
0: All right. And, then it goes uh, on to uh, Governor Eric Holcomb for his signature. Um, have you had any huh? uh, feedback as far as uh, whether he's going to uh, sign it into law?
1: Well, I, I haven't. I haven't talked to the governor about that particular bill. But, uh, Tom, you probably are aware doc, uh, that uh, – Governor Holcomb and former Vice President Pence are both Hanover grads, uh, they're alumni, so uh, they both know Dr. Totten. <laughs> I would think it would be uh, pretty rare if uh, that bill wasn't signed, but uh never want to assume anything, but I'm pretty confident that it'll become law. Well.
0: All right. And, of course, we'll keep an eye on that one. And uh, another one, uh, Senate Bill uh, 78, uh, can you give us a little bit of background and explain uh, exactly what's going on uh,
1: with this bill? You bet. Um, so Senate Bill 78 deals with police and fire pension. And, uh, and when I say police, uh, most sheriff's departments have their own pension or a different pension than what we're talking about here. This is a state of Indiana public safety per for pension. And um, currently um, if you are a professional firefighter, I think Batesville has some firefighters now their career, mm-hmm. um, but a career firefighter, career police officer, you have career police officers for sure. If they're part of the public safety pension, which is a state pension, not local. And they wanted to change the job and move to a different area of the state, for instance. After age 36, under current law, you can't do that. Even if you did do that under current law, you couldn't take your pension seniority with you. So what happens is, um, with this bill, is it's going to allow an individual who might Uh, say, for instance, you're a member of the Indianapolis Fire Department and your spouse gets a job in Fort Wayne and you would like to uh, move to Fort Wayne and be a member of the Fort Wayne Fire Department. With this bill, you could move to another department after age 36 and uh, you would start over seniority wise with the department, but not with the pension, the pension, state pension. Anyway, it doesn't cost the pension any money and it doesn't cost the fire department or police department any money. Um, Are you familiar with the what's called PMOG, the Pension Oversight Management Oversight Committee.
0: Um, I've heard they, of they, it in past. Yeah.
1: Yes, sir. And they meet in the summers. It's just one of the summer study committees. And this went through their interim summer study committee, and they recommended that we make this change. So it's not going to hurt the pension, as far as the health of the pension, and it's uh, just makes it better for individuals to relocate if they if they choose. And again, this is public safety, so it's police or fire.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people were probably not aware that uh, once you got uh, hit the age of 36, you could not transfer to another department professionally. So it seems like this uh, kind of uh, gives people some options.
1: It does, Tom. And uh, you might consider a, a young firefighter who maybe has 15 years on and maybe has a rank of captain with something like Indianapolis Fire Department. You might want to come and be the chief of Batesville Fire Department. Well, with with this particular bill, they could do that and bring the pension with them where before you're locked into the department where you work after you reach age 36. Um, that's designed, by the way, for the health of the pension so that you don't get someone who's only on the fire department seven years and they can retire. Uh, so this is designed for the health of the pension, but it doesn't hurt the pension because the individual has already been on a different department.
0: All right. So this will be uh, after uh, July 1st, if it's signed into law now, Uh, this being a Senate bill, uh, can you explain your role behind this?
1: I can, Tom. Uh, Senate bills are in the House right now. This is the second half of session. House bills are in the Senate. And so uh, that particular bill is authored uh, by Senator Mike Kreider and sponsored by myself. The author is where the bill originates. If it's a a House bill, the author is the representative, but if it's a Senate bill, the author is a senator. But bills have to pass both the House and the Senate. And so uh, if you have an author in the Senate, there must be a sponsor in the House. It's the individual who manages the legislation as it comes uh, into the other chamber. And I am, in, in this case, uh, the sponsor of Senate Bill
0: 78. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. And uh, we'll take a look at another uh, Senate bill that uh, was under consideration as we continue our weekly visit with State Representative Randy Fry right after this.
1: Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste.
0: And welcome back as we continue our conversation with State Representative Randy Fry, his weekly legislative update. And another uh, Senate bill that uh, you had a hand in as a, a sponsor, Senate Bill Two Forty Seven. And uh, can you explain the ins and outs of that one, please.
1: I can, Tom. Senate Bill Two Forty Seven is a report on nine one one and regional trauma systems. Um, and, and what where this bill came from, Tom? Is we had um, gentleman testifying committee, and his son, early thirties, had a heart attack, and they were right inside the county line. So the 911 dispatch call went to the dispatch center in the county where he was located, but the units responding for his emergency came from a great distance. But had that been a merged 911 where the CAD system could share the location of all emergency units, for instance, in the other county, there were emergency units available within one to two minutes. It could have been there so much quicker. By the time the emergency units arrived at this scene, this young man was gone, he had passed away. So um, this father, very emotional in his testimony. It was in my committee, the Veterans Affairs Public Safety Committee, talking about how if we can rectify this, maybe this won't happen to other people. And you, you're very well aware that uh, Franklin County is very close uh, there in in, uh, in part of Batesville. And so it, it, this is not an uncommon uh, circumstance where a dispatch could uh, go to, um, for instance, Franklin County dispatch instead of Ripley County or Batesville, and uh, the uh, appropriate units not respond. So what, what this field is, is going to do is study it. Uh, it's authored by Dr. Brad Barrett, a, a retired surgeon from Richmond. Uh, Dr. Barrett's is extremely knowledgeable in this area, and uh, he wants to improve the emergency medical responses um, by increasing the interoperability of 911 systems. Um, in this modern age, Tom, there's no reason that we can't have CAD systems that uh, can talk to one another and pull up the closest unit. I can tell you as a member of the Indianapolis Fire Department, when you were returning from a run, you're in service returning to station, you could catch a run, which would be possibly out of your district because you were the closest unit. That CAD system was grabbing the closest units and dispatching them. So you might not get back to your own district for a good while because the CAD system constantly put you on the next run that you were closest to makes the most sense it's uh, it's best for the citizens and hopefully it'll save lives
0: yeah so again basically having the interface if you will these uh these systems but uh, you know i, I guess for an, uh, an example locally here um say somebody is um, in uh, northwestern dearborn county really close to the uh, ripley county line and uh, they have mm-hmm. an emergency they have to dispatch somebody from you know, somewhat far away as opposed to maybe getting somebody from Sunman or you know, some place like that. That's
1: exactly the point. Okay. Yes, that's exactly the point. Now some, some systems are doing some of this, but what we want to do is we want to have it uniform across the state and so it works every place. Um we wanna make sure that if someone uh needs an emergency unit that uh, the closest emergency unit responds. Yeah.
0: And and again that would be uh you know, uh county uh county borders, I guess, uh You know, not necessarily disregard, but the fact that those are considered invisible lines for getting Mm -hmm. people their aid that they need.
1: And it could even be cities, Mm -hmm. uh, cities or towns, depending on how their dispatches are set up. So Mm -hmm. we just don't we don't want any barriers stopping the closest emergency unit from arriving at the scene.
0: All right. And then if this uh, goes on to the governor and is signed into law, this will take effect uh, July 1st of this year. Now, as far as uh, the the rest of the um, uh, this week, uh, what can we expect? Uh, do you see uh, coming down the pike, Randy Fry?
1: Well, one thing I wanted to make sure we mentioned, Tom, is beginning Wednesday, February the 23rd, Indiana schools will no longer be required to report new COVID cases to the Indiana Department of Health. Contact, conduct contact tracing nor quarantine students exposed to a positive COVID-19 case regardless of vaccine status i'm asking so uh, parents have been waiting for this we've all been waiting for this for a long time and this coming wednesday this stuff is going to come to an end we wanted it to happen for a long time and we finally got there so um you know maybe our kids can get back to normal school life maybe our parents can and uh and the teachers can the school can it's been a burden on everybody and it's not necessary uh, to go further so I'm very, very happy to report that, Tom.
0: All right. Anything else uh, before we let you go today?
1: Well, it's going to be a very busy week as of today. I'm sorry, as of tomorrow is the committee report deadline. The committee report deadline is where a bill must have passed through committee and and be referred to the floor before the end of day tomorrow. And so um, any bill that hasn't passed at that point would then be considered dead. Now, it's also important for your listeners to understand that the bill number's dead, but the language may still be alive. Some or all of that language can be amended into another bill in the last 10 days or so called conference committee. And so you want to keep vigilant. If you're watching a bill and you don't particularly care for it and you see that the bill didn't make it, don't close your eyes because it could still show up someplace else. Uh, that's a, a, something that we work on very hard here trying to make sure that we know exactly what's in a bill. So uh, today, Tom, there are 44 bills on second reading and 14 bills on third reading. It's going to be a very busy week. It'll be long days and long evenings as we wind down uh, to the end of the the 2022 legislative
0: session. Randy Fry, we appreciate you joining us this morning, and uh, we will uh, talk to you again next week. Thank you, Tom. Up next, we'll speak with Jacksonville High School FFA member Sophia Sullivan about the Thank a Farmer Breakfast that's scheduled for next month. We'll hear all about it. Right after this.